Hey, it's Pete Mundo. Time for a special podcast where we preview the Big 12 tournament. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. If you rate and review and subscribe to the podcast, just email me a screenshot of your rating and your review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks, guys. Enjoy it. Well, let's do it. We're putting together a special podcast version this week to give you a full preview of the Big 12 tournament. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. And we now welcome in Matthew Postens, who has joined us each and every week of the conference schedule here as we've talked uh, Big 12 hoops in depth. We are both going to be in Kansas City this week covering the tournament. I live here, Matthew, coming up from Dallas. So it's going to be a, a lot of ga- great coverage coming up on heartlandcollegesports.com. Well, Matthew, let's let's go through this tournament bracket here. First off, of course, big news this week, Texas Tech, Kansas State, co-champions. Which one of these teams should feel better about their chances this week in Kansas City? I, I, I think probably Texas Tech by a smidge. And I, I think it's really just because, to me, Tech is the – the team that is playing the best basketball at the right time. You consider they had that little three-game lull there in uh, late January where they kind of fell out of the lead in the Big 12. And really since then, really since that um, that break with the Big 12 SEC Challenge, they've played the best basketball in the conference. I think they've lost uh, one game along the way, and that was the game on the road to Kansas. Um, they, they they just seem to have everything together. They've, they've managed to not only um, – you know, spotlight Jarrett Culver, the Big 12 Player of the Year. Uh, but they've now managed to develop weapons around him like David Amoretti, uh, Matt Mooney, Tariq Owens. Uh, they've got some really good guys coming off the bench now. They can go eight, nine deep and not lose a whole lot. Brandon Francis has hit some nice clutch shots in the last couple of games. Uh, I just kind of feel like they're, they're the team that's on the roll right now. Mm-hmm. And it certainly isn't that Kansas State can't compete with them. They can uh, they may have the, the best overall starting lineup in the conference uh, when you think about it from one to five. But uh, these are the two teams that I fully expect to be there, at least in the semifinals on Friday evening when we're, when we're over at the Sprint Center, uh, just because they're, they're playing good basketball right now. They've, they've been through this now a couple of years with those core group of players, and, and they really seem to understand what they need to do to win games at this point in the season. All right. Well, Matthew, let's, let's now get back to Wednesday where you have a couple of games at night. Um, very interesting for TCU. I mean, they have 19 wins. The win on Saturday against Texas was big. Are they at the point, though, are the Horn Frogs at the point in your eyes where they've got to at least beat Oklahoma State, who's been playing better down the stretch here? We've talked about them. To get into the NCAA tournament, get that 20-win mark that a lot of people view as uh, maybe not a must, but certainly helping their case. Or do they need more than that, or are they safe? I mean, what is this TCU team at this point? Well, after the win on Saturday, uh, Joe Lenardi at ESPN moved them out of the first four out to the first four in. So he felt like that win against Texas certainly helped them a little bit. And he also still has Texas in the tournament as a 10 seed. So uh, that's interesting as well when you consider that both of those teams have under 500 records in the conference along with Oklahoma, whom he also considers to be a tournament team. To me, for TCU, I think if they beat Oklahoma State, I think they can feel comfortable knowing that they're probably going to make the NCAA tournament. I wouldn't call it a lead pipe lock because you don't know what's going on 
in other tournaments, especially in the SEC and the ACC, where uh, Lenardi's predicting that both of those conferences could get eight teams in the tournament as well. But if I'm TCU, I want to beat Oklahoma State on Wednesday. I want to get that 20th win just to enhance my resume as best I can, uh, because I think that will give them a gateway to a game that's, that's winnable in the next round. I mean, uh, like you said, TCU, they finally got off the schneid a little bit, finally won a game. They're not a bad team. They're just not very deep. And yeah. They're going to have to plan a quick turnaround from Wednesday to Thursday. So if they can win that game from Oklahoma State, I think it gives them a 75 to 80% chance of making the tournament. All right. Matthew Poston's joining us. Um, Matthew, what about when you look at, you know, you mentioned we never know what's going to happen in the other conferences. There's no doubt that's true. But let's not forget, too, some of the small conferences that we don't think about. If you have the team, you know, a conference where one team is going to make the tournament and that team does not win its conference tournament, all of a sudden that hurts a team like TCU or maybe a team like Oklahoma that's sitting there on the bubble as well. What do we think of the Sooners right now? They've won four or six. They lose to Kansas State on Saturday. Where are the Sooners at this point in your eyes, and what do they have to do this week, if anything? Well, I, I think a lot of people felt like they clinched a tournament berth with that win over the Jayhawks on Tuesday night, the win that ultimately ended Kansas's streak of 14 straight uh, Big 12 regular season championships. Uh, you know, again, Oklahoma's a team with an under 500 conference record. All their other metrics look great in terms of their BPI, their strength of schedule, and things like that. That's where the conference schedule helps them with the double round robin. Uh, they get a real boost out of strength of schedule that way, and they've got some really good non conference wins too uh when you think about their uh, non-conference schedule uh they made the point during the broadcast last tuesday that they're the only team in the country that hasn't played a quadrant four game which basically means they haven't played a crap team the whole season mm-hmm. let's just make it really easy for everybody to understand yeah. what that means right. um you know I, I feel like i feel like if they win that game against west virginia uh, I feel like they're going to be in the tournament. I, I, I don't know that they necessarily need to win that game, but I would feel, like TCU, I would feel more comfortable if I were Oklahoma having beaten West Virginia and getting to the second round of the tournament. I feel more comfortable about my chances, but you're absolutely right. You know, you think about a team like Houston, the American Athletic Conference, I think everybody feels like they're going to win the conference tournament, but that's a pretty deep conference that could get three or four berths. And what if somebody that no one is expecting reaches up and wins that conference tournament and gets the automatic berth. Well, Houston's still going to the tournament, but now that team that won the conference is going too, and that could have an impact in Oklahoma and TCU, no question about it. Matthew, you know, um, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. We've seen Baylor and Iowa State each end the regular season on three-game losing streaks. Kansas is not the Big 12 champion for the first time in, what, a decade and a half now. As we get ready for this Big 12 tournament, what team do you think at this point has the most to gain and then we'll get to the most to lose? The most to gain, you know, I think, honestly, I I think Texas Tech actually has the most to gain. And and it's for this reason. Right now, the committee sees them, or I shouldn't say the committee, Joe Lenardi and Jerry Palm both see them as a three seed. Mm -hmm. I think that if they win the conference tournament, I think they could be bumped up to a two seed, and that certainly helps their ability to make it to uh, the Sweet 16 at the NCAA tournament because they get a then they get a 215 matchup, then they get potentially a 710 matchup in the second round. It makes their road to the NCAA Sweet 16 a little bit easier. So I actually think they have the most to gain of anybody in the tournament because the, the teams that everybody is projecting to be in the tournament, there's a good chance they're going to be in the NCAA tournament regardless. 
Uh, I mean, we just talked about TCU and Oklahoma, a couple of teams that probably need to win on Wednesday to, to really kind of solidify their chances of being in the tournament. But there's a good chance they actually get into the tournament without those wins because the Pac-12 is so weak this year, and they may only get two berths, and that helps open up the field a little bit. But for Texas Tech, if you're thinking about getting to the Elite Eight again, if you're thinking about maybe getting to the Final Four, become, getting on that two line makes your life a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic point, and maybe getting as well into that Midwest Regional where Regional Final is going to be back here in Kansas City. So that yep. could be a fact. I mean, any Big 12 team probably wants to be in that Midwest Regional. I mean, let's be honest, Kansas, K-State, Iowa State, even if you're down to a 6-7-8 seed, having the chance to play in front of a solid home crowd in Kansas City has got to be appealing to all these Big 12 teams, right? Absolutely. It's easier travel for just about anybody in the conference at that point. I mean, West Virginia is not going to make the tournament, uh, but for anybody in that central time zone, you know, Lubbock to Kansas City, it's a short flight. Uh, I know some tech fans here at my day job, and they, they really honestly can't wait to get to the Sweet 16 again. Not that they're discounting they've got to get through the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, but they're very excited about the way their team is playing right now. They have good reason to be, and they would love to be there in KC uh, if for some reason tech makes its way into the Midwest region. Now, Matthew, all right, so who in the Big 12 tournament this week has the most to potentially lose as they get ready for this week's games? If you're thinking about the NCAA tournament, I'm thinking about Texas, Mm -hmm. and it's for this reason. If Texas loses its first tournament game and they have Kansas, let's not forget who they're playing in that, that first, uh, in their first game on Wednesday. If they lose to Kansas, they're going to be a 500 team overall this season. Right now, like I said earlier, Joe Lenardi has them as a 10 seed. I think that's a soft 10, to be honest with you. Yes, Texas has some really good wins this year, especially over North Carolina, but they have some really odd losses, especially in non-conference play. I'm not completely sold on them being an NCAA tournament team if they lose to Kansas on uh, Wednesday or Thursday. They might still make it in even with a 500 record just because of how weak some of these other Power 5 conferences are this year, but they're the team I worry about the most if they lose that first uh, tournament game. The advantage that TCU and Oklahoma have is they play the first day, they're playing winnable games, they win those games. Even if they lose Thursday, they get an additional win to put on their resume. Texas may not have that advantage if they lose to Kansas in that first game. Now, if they beat Kansas on Thursday, they're in the tournament. No question about it, because that gives them two wins over the Jayhawks this year. But they're the team I worry about the most in actuality in terms of if they lose that first game, will they make the NCAA tournament, or will they be consigned to the NIT? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when you look at this thing, Matthew, the Kansas Jayhawks, their fans are probably in an abyss trying to figure out what went wrong. I mean, we're not Big 12 champions. What's that all about? Uh, is this team, I mean, are they destined for around a, a 32 knockout, a sweet 16 on the high end as kind of their ceiling? Or can they ride a player like Diedrich Lawson to an Elite Eight and then take your chances from there? I think they could ride uh, Diedrich Lawson at least into the second weekend of the tournament. Let's not forget that the the first year Bill Self was the head coach was the last year the Jayhawks did not win the regular season title, and they got all the way to the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. So they are talented. Uh, they've got some really good players. What they don't have is a lot of depth uh, at this point, and a lot of young players who really haven't been through the crucible of an NCAA tournament run. So you know, they could be a team that bows out early just because of that lack of experience they have, especially in the backcourt. But a guy like Diedrich Lawson, who, 
you could have made, easily made a case for him to be the Big 12 player of the year, as yeah. good a year as he has had. He put up double-doubles in three of his last four games. He has more double-doubles than anybody in the conference. Uh, he's been the focal part of, point of their team for the last two months. They could very well ride him into the second uh, weekend of the tournament just on his sheer talent. Now, where they go from there, that really is going to be dependent upon the matchups and how maturely their guards play, especially uh, Devin Dotson, their freshman ball handler. Remember, they got to the Final Four last year with a, a team that wasn't terribly deep, but they had a lot of veteran experience in key areas. They don't necessarily have that this year, and that's the thing that would concern me if I were a Kansas fan going into the NCAA tournament and even this Big 12 tournament because Tech is good, Kansas State is good. Uh, they've lost to both of those teams. Uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how far they get in the Big 12 tournament and then how far they get in the NCAA tournament. And I think it's all dependent on how Devin Dotson handles the pressure of being the guy who's going to handle the ball for 35, 40 minutes in the game and how he's able to run the offense. Mm-hmm. Matthew Poston's our guest. Uh, Matthew, two teams I mentioned earlier, but we haven't really talked about, Baylor and Iowa State. They've each lost three in a row ending the season. Uh, how concerned are you about both of these teams, which looked like you know they had real potential to make a deep march run? How concerned are you about each of them right now? Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm, I'm about a 5 on Baylor. Um, the reason I'm not as concerned about that with them is because they do a lot of the high-effort things like rebounding, defense, you know, getting to loose balls first on the floor that teams have to do when they get into the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. and into conference tournaments to be successful. Iowa State does not do that as much. They're the best offensive team in the conference. And it's not to say that they're not good on defense, but they're not as good on defense and on the glass as Baylor is. And lately, they're even though they've been scoring points, if you look at the points they're giving up in their last six, seven games, they're giving up 80 points a game. They give up 90 points to West Virginia. They've given up 90 points twice in the last seven games. Their problem is entirely on the defensive side of the basketball. So I'm more worried about them going into a tournament like this and going into the NCAA tournament because, as they say, defense travels. Offense doesn't always travel. And if Iowa State has a bad night shooting the ball or a subpar night shooting the ball, uh, they're going to be in trouble because their defense just isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. So, Matthew, um, give us a prediction before we let you go here. How do you think this week plays out? Uh, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting week because um, I think Kansas does feel a little bit wounded by not winning the regular season title. Uh, I think they've got a bit of a, bit of a chip on their shoulder, which is unusual for Kansas. Uh, we don't usually think of them that way. Uh, I think they have a difficult road because being the three seed, they're going to have to play Texas, a team they've lost to. They're going to have to play Kansas State, a team they've lost to. And most likely, they're going to have to play Texas Tech, a team they've lost to. I don't necessarily think the Jayhawks have what it takes to win a a victory tour of that nature. Uh, I think Tech, like I said, coming in, they're playing the best basketball of anybody on the conference right now. And I think this could be the first time uh, in a bit where we've seen a, a Big 12 tournament championship uh, game without Kansas in it. I, I think they were eliminated two years ago by, by TCU now that I think about it. But I, I really firmly believe Tech and Kansas State are going to be there Saturday evening and that Texas Tech's going to win the uh, tournament. Uh, and I, I think that moves them up to a two seed. If they were thinking about the NCAA tournament, um, you know, they win that game, they move up to a two seed. I think it's going to be Texas Tech when it's all said and done. 
All right, he's Matthew Poston, our Big 12 expert on the hoop side. He's joined us all season long. Matthew, going to be a fun week here in KC. A lot of content coming to the site and on uh, social media. Look forward to seeing you, and uh, we'll do it again on Sunday for Selection Sunday. All right, thanks, Pete. Once again, guys, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. I'll send you that free Heartland College Sports koozie. If you rate, review, and subscribe and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks, guys. More podcasts coming this week. Talk to you soon.